Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope it's starting off right. I mean, it's, it's nice and warm enough for you, right? And, of course, today is Wednesday, so we'll be joined a little bit later on in the program by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. Lots to talk about with him. But until then, lots to talk about with you at 508-996-0500. And, of course, you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. That's like texting us into the studio. You can use Open Line. That's like sending us a voicemail here in the studio. And uh, keep it keep it something that we can play on the air, and, and we just will. Uh, we I, I ask the same for App Chat, too, if you can keep it radio-friendly, because a lot of times I just open it up and read it. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm just going to read whatever's in front of me. So if you can keep it clean, unlike, you know, some of our our regular app chatters who like to use language that we can't put on the air. Try, try and keep it clean so that uh, I can read it and not be worried about it. But, of course, yeah, yesterday we talked about the, the day of silence that's planned for Friday, April 28th. And uh, I did find out that some other schools are allowing students to participate in, in that as well. I just want to reiterate because I heard some discussion happening on Barry's program about it. I didn't get to listen to South Coast tonight last night. I don't know if it was discussed there. But the conversations that were happening, I think we're missing some important information. And I don't know if it was willful ignorance but it was the fact that people were saying that this was led by the teacher who sent out the email. And as it, when I read the email, as it pointed out, it is a student-led effort. It was a student-led effort. This is the faculty advisor for the org, for the club from what the parent who sent it along told us. So, yeah, they have to be the person to send out the – because the kids don't have the ability to send a school-wide email. So the faculty advisor was sending it out on their behalf and appeared to be organizing which students would take place on their behalf, which is probably a good thing because it's going to be more organized that way. Nothing against high school kids, but if you're depending on them to get something done – 
it's probably not the best course of action. So if they need to get all these kids put on a list and get cards handed out, they're going to need to have an adult with some organizational skills handling that. But it is a student-led effort. This is not the teacher pushing it on the kids. And I don't know why people just can't accept that kids could actually want to do something like this on their own. That kids would have this idea on their own. Or, I mean, the the idea has been around for 25 plus years, but that the kids would want to take part on their own. I don't know. Are the people who are calling in and saying this not parents? Did they not have children that when they were 16, 17, 18 years old could think for themselves? I know I could. When I was that age, I was making decisions for myself. Sometimes my parents would tell me that's not such a good decision. Sometimes they had decisions they made for me that I didn't agree with. But I was pretty pretty autonomous at that age in terms of making certain decisions. The, the, the one decision that I had wanted and my mother told me that I had to wait till I was 18 was I wanted to get an earring. And I, I by the time I got to high school, I didn't really want it anymore. But when I was, you know, eight, nine, ten years old and it was the 80s and that's what all the kids were doing. I wanted to get an earring. I wanted to spike my hair and get an earring. And my mom was against both. I had a, like a bowl cut at the time. I looked like Peter Tork from the monkeys. She let me eventually grow a rat tail. That was not one of her better decision-making moments. She should have, she should have stood her ground against the rat tail. Um, but those were a thing back then. I wanted to grow my hair long because, again, it was the 80s and I was, you know, a heavy metal kid. I discovered Iron Maiden when I was in the third grade. But she wouldn't, she wouldn't let me. Finally, she said, you know what? You can get your hair spiked. And so I got to go do that. She still wouldn't acquiesce on the earring. By the time I got to, I don't know, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, I didn't want one anymore anyway. And then when my brother, who is, we'll just say very pierced, which I believe my mother let him do before he was 18 because he has a whole bunch of them. But I think things changed. Times changed in those five years of, of, of difference. I ended up getting my ear pierced as an adult because I went with him one time when he was getting one and he said I was too chicken to do it that I'd always said I was going to and that I never did. And he said, it's because I was afraid. I was like, I'm not afraid. He's like, sit down and do it. I'll pay for it. And so I did. And I had an earring for, I don't know, a couple of years. And then when my son was born, he, I had a like a ring in it, like a loop, and he would grab at it. So I took it out and I never put it back in again. But that's one of the few things that I can remember my parents being against. My son, who's 18, graduated high school last year. I can't think of how many times we had to make important decisions for him. He usually made those decisions on his own, and we supported him. 
And I know that I'm just speaking of my own experience, but I'm going to guess that there's a lot of people out there who have had that same experience. So I would trust that kids that are that age would be politically minded, socially conscious, and would want to take part in these efforts. You know, the the kids are dumb. Kids aren't mature. Kids don't know any better. Well, then how do they fill up Ivy League universities? These same, these same kids that you think are too dumb to decide their own futures and how they want to represent themselves and what they want their life to be at, at 17, you think that they're too dumb for that, but for some reason when they turn 18, some sort of magical switch is flipped and now they're responsible voters and, and able to go off to war. Give the kids some credit. The, the the whole mentality of just let kids be kids. Not every kid wants to be a kid. Some kids are already thoughtful, many adults. And the idea that there's some sort of innocence that you're protecting for a 16, 17, 18 year old. Your time is running out at that age to prepare them to be a responsible adult able to contribute to society. The time for innocence is over. It's time to start learning how to decide what you want to do with the rest of your life and how you want to be seen in the world. Kids, for the most part, decide where they want to go to college when they're a junior. And on average, I would say that's what, 16, 17 years old. So they can make that decision. They can decide what they want to do with the rest of their life. But they can't decide who they want to be. You ask eighth graders to decide, do you want a, a, a high school education or a vocational school education? And I don't want to get into, you know, who's going to voc schools for what reasons, I'm just saying you're asking them, do you want to go on a path that, you know, essentially puts you into college or a path that puts you into a trade at 13 years old? But a, a 16, 17, 18 year old can't decide who they want to be in the world. It, it, it doesn't make sense. To fight against kids wanting to stand up for themselves. That's exactly the kind of silencing that they're talking about. HT in New Bedford says, Tim, you should be thankful you weren't allowed to have a bowl cut with the rat tail at the same time. <sighs> HT, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> I did. I did have the bowl cut and the rat tail at the same time. And it was it was not a pretty sight. I'm pretty sure that my head looked like a horseshoe crab. In fact, I think it was growing the rat tail that allowed for my mother to acquiesce to me getting my hair spiked. And 
my my aunt, God love her, she tried her best. I would go over her house on Sundays. I would she lived with my grandparents, and I'd go visit my grandparents every Sunday when I was a kid. And she would like sit down. I'm going to do your hair, and she would feather my hair, which was a you know a popular '80s hairstyle. And so she would feather my hair and try to make it look not so much like a bowl cut. And I'd wake up the next morning, of course, take a shower and ruin it. But she tried her best. My my brother had the bowl cut too when he was younger. He went from I like to say that I look like Peter Tork, and then he looked like the little Dutch boy. And now, for the last how old is he now? It's going to be forty. Did he just turn 40? No, he'll be 40 next year. I think he just turned 39. uh, Yesterday. So, since he's been about 13, 14, he's had mohawks, shaved heads. Like, I'm talking like spiky mohawks. All kinds of strange hairstyles. And I'm sure my mom is like, if I had never made him have that bowl cut as a kid... He wouldn't still be rebelling now. But yes, no, I had the bull cut and the rat tail. I wish I had my seventh grade photo. I'll have to see if my mom and dad have it somewhere in their house because my seventh grade school picture, I was wearing like one of those like rad dog Hawaiian style shirts with my spiky hair and my mullet. I was the definition of, you know, party in the back and party in the front. But that's that's just what I what upsets me so much about these conversations that we have, whether it be about this day of silence, whether it be about the books that are in the library, uh, when we talk to the old Rochester students that we had in studio with us. Well, actually, I pre-recorded it, but still, the the, stu- the students that I spoke to is that people you heard from these kids. You heard them talk about why they made the decisions that they made, why they were doing the things that they were doing, yet people were still like, yeah, they're being influenced by the adults. As if teachers who already have so much that they have to do in the course of a day have time to start social engineering your children at the same time. These teachers who, by the way, are your friends, your neighbors, people within your community, but they're also some part of some social engineering agenda that doesn't exist. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hi, good morning. How are you? Yeah, I've been listening. It's a real good conversation, but I think you, I think you let out too much information because really the troubles and trials you went through, you know, unlike my situation, but it's on radio. It sounds like you're showing your whiteness and you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Showing my whiteness. All those mistakes what, what you, you made. What are you talking about? You should be proud of it. But, you know, sometimes you know, I like your ideas are liberal, but we're pretty much a white audience out here. That's not and, true. You know, so if I feel ashamed of being white because of someone's show or something, I'll take a break. I won't shut it off. I'll go have a coffee or something. Because there's a lot, a lot to think about. And when everybody's talking, you got to get away from it and think about what was just said, because it's very interesting. 
And I, I see that everything you said was like a culture thing. Spike in the hair, earrings. Um, didn't you, you look like you had a soup bowl on your head? Look like one of the monkeys? Mm-hmm. Peter Talk? I kind of look like the Beatles, Paul McCartney. Yeah, I, I, so I, I wish I could have a Beatle haircut. And I, was, I could grow the hair over my ears. I look so handsome to me. Because they say, you say, what, uh, what my whiteness. The big ears and nose was like, they call me honky. Like a donkey or something. I don't know. But the thing is, I'm not very ashamed. Don't be ashamed of being so white that you're actually sharing your flaws with people. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I think it about. encourages minorities to show their flaws also and get a little closer together. Kind of unite people. All right. Well, I'm going to hold you there because i got to take a break. And you have a good day. And also because I don't think I was following. All right, we'll take a break. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in, you can send in an app chat message on the WBSM app or send us an open line message on the WBSM app. We'll be back in just a few moments. Welcome back in, 508-996-0500, uh, back from the day. So that's that's John Popper from Blues Traveler playing harmonica on that song. And back in the days of the 90s when people just popped into the studio and appeared on other bands' albums. Oh, we're in the studio. We'll go in there. Or I'm friends with these guys. They asked me to come play on their song. Or sometimes record companies were like, hey, feature this person because we want to sell some albums with that guy too. But... Yeah, you had John Popper playing harmonica on that song. You had um, Adam Duritz of Counting Crows singing back up on uh, the Wallflowers song with Sixth Avenue Heartbreak. Is that right? Sixth Avenue Heartache. And so, um, yeah, now nowadays that happens. They call it a collab. And they, they got to make a big deal out of it. Like they'd be like, Dave Matthews Band featuring John Popper. The collab that all 90s kids playing hacky sack have been waiting for. Anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Also, very quickly, I want to thank, and maybe we can talk about this more during the course of the morning, but I want to thank the caller who called in and mentioned the one way, the, the ability, the only time that you can turn left on a red light in Massachusetts and I mentioned that it's when you're on one one way turning on to another one way. I wrote up an article about that, and it's amazing how few people actually knew about that when I was asking them about it. So I put the article out, and people are interacting with it. So it seems like not everybody knew that. So hopefully we told people a few things. But I also asked, like, where are some of the intersections around the South Coast where that happens? Because I wouldn't mind going out and taking some photos and making a little photo gallery of all the places that you can turn left on red on the south coast. But it's um, it's interesting some of the answers that I'm that I'm getting. And so many people have pointed out on Cranberry Highway in Wareham because they have that weird split where the Elks Club is and the Fan Club 
and there's a Cumberland Farms and China Chef and Santoro's and the Atlantic Motel. And so they have that weird split where one one direction on one side of the road and then, um, you know, there's like a little neighborhood in the middle and then it goes in the other direction. And that when you're coming from the fan club heading toward like downtown Wareham, you can turn left on a red light to get into the flow of traffic there on the Cranberry Highway. It's one one way turning onto another one way. And I've done that millions of times. Lived there 17 years in that in that spot. Done it millions of times. Never even thought of it in my head is turning left on a, on red. So, see, it probably happens way more often than we think. Anyway, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How you doing? What's going on? Not much. What's on so, your line uh, today? So, um, I was sitting with my daughter last night. And at the dinner table, eating dinner, and you know, we got to talking because I she she had listened to the podcast mm-hmm. uh, on our way home, and uh, I asked her. I said, I know there was a lot of talk on your your radio station and Barry's about you know a lot of. I guess you just said it this morning too. There was a lot of mis um, miscommunication to who was the or who is the leader of this group, you know, and um, or who's directing this group, and. She had an email in the beginning of the school year. Uh, it's long gone now. She deletes her emails, you know, on a regular basis, it's free up space. But um, she said, she said, Dad, there was a leader of this email. Oh, the, the email that was sent was from that lady directing that she is the one that's starting this club. This, this club just started this year. And the, the, that was the, I don't know, the teacher's aide or faculty member who she made an announcement through an email to the student body that she was starting this group for the kids. So okay. Just to clarify, you know, just to, just to, you know, clear up some, you know, rumors or whatever you want to call it. But but starting the group doesn't mean she's the one that decided to organize the, the protest. Right. I mean, I, I don't know who did. And I told her, I said, try to find out, you know what I mean? Because I, I want to get to the bottom of who, who's the leader. Because, I mean... If it's the kids that started it, or if it's you know this this woman, but as 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 far as I can see, I mean she she might who knows? I mean she might be the one who, who said, "Hey, let's let's do this." They're doing it across the country. I mean, I'm sure. And, and, if, and, and if she was, so what? No, I I don't have any problem with it. You know, well, what I mean? I'm, no, just, I'm not, I, I'm not I, saying I, you in particular, but I'm saying people that were calling in. You know, this is the teacher pulling this. So this is the teacher pushing their agenda on the kids. The kids don't have to participate. No, they don't, and 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 you know a, a lot of these kids. I mean, and you know, my daughter's got the same opinion I do, pretty much. And it's not, and believe me, I I don't push my agenda, my right wing agenda, <laughs> like most people want to think it is. But uh, on my kids, you know, they they they're old enough to ha- you know they have their own minds. They they're old enough to think, and I and I let them do that. You know what I mean? I want them to be able to think and and make decisions on their own. But you know, she she's on the same you know side as me. She's like that. I go to school to learn. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't go to school, and, and you know, to, to you know, participate in in uh, protests. Silent, even if they're silent protests. That's you know. Well, it, that's it's, so. That's her belief. That's not the belief of the students right. that want to take part in it. Right, and I, and I, like I said yesterday, I'm 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 kind of interested. I told her, I said, April 28th. I want you to make sure you you come back home and tell me about you know how many kids in your in your classes that were participating in this because. I have a feeling, you know, a lot of these kids are going to end up just participating for the hell of it, just just to, just because, 
You sure, but I mean? that doesn't uh, but that doesn't diminish the message of what it's trying to accomplish. Now, she also told me that they get graded on class participation. So yeah, but this I, is, I'm kind of curious to find out. I'm sure if, in this if, particular instance uh, that that's something that they're they're taking into account this one particular day. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's a class, you know, if it's a class participation participation grade. It should it should take all you know 180 days of school. That's that's class participation, is it not? Does your child answer a question every single day of school? Yeah, my child's got straight A's. I mean, she's, that, a, that, she's a that's not whip. the that's not the question though. Does she answer a question every single day in every single class? Uh, probably not. I'm going to guess she, probably if she, not. If she gets called on, then yes, she probably she probably will. But I don't think it's going to affect these kids for one day to not not say something in class. That could go both ways, Tim. I mean, these teachers could say, you know, hey, you know, you, got, you might have some teachers that say, hey, you know, uh, screw it. I'm going to ask every kid in the class, and if they don't want to answer, then guess what? You get an F for participation today. Yeah, I don't think you they know? grade everybody on a daily basis of whether or not they participated. But I'll say this. I want you to go back and repeat one thing. Yeah. Your daughter is yeah. a freshman, right? Freshman. So she's how old? Fifteen. And you said that you allow her to make her own decisions. That she she can make up her own mind and can uh, to a certain extent, yes. So then so it's I mean, entirely it possible. Silly, yeah, go ahead. it's entirely possible then that these kids did come up with this on their own and are doing this all on their own. It, there's a there's a good possibility. I just want to, but I I just I just I if you want my opinion, I don't I don't think that it was. I think it was uh, the idea, just like just like with the new Bedford High protest, the idea was put into these kids' heads to say, hey, oh, you know, go ahead and. Walk out of school and buy, it was by a parent, you know, and it's, oh, get, you know, this is what you should do and walk out of school and protest. Yeah, again, you know, I think you need to go back and doing, listen to know? the conversations that that mother had with the media about it because that's not exactly what happened. But the the yeah. the important thing here is, as you said, you know, kids are capable of having their own decisions and making up their own minds. So it is possible, and it's more likely than not that these kids came up with this idea on their own. Do you think, though, what, what do you think is more likely? Do you think that schools and, 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 and faculty sat together and said, hey, let's come up with an LGD, LGBTQ plus agenda that we can push on these kids and mold them into what we want to see society become? Or do you think that teachers and administrators are maybe even begrudgingly just reacting to the fact that the students are pushing for these things and they're saying, you know what, we better just let them do it because they're going to do it anyway? Uh. Can I, I'll give you an example. You want an example? Sure. Uh, Hastings Middle School. Not naming any teachers' names. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But um, my daughter had an issue with a teacher at her school because she was flying the rainbow flag, and there was no American flag in, the, in, in her classroom at all. My daughter said, "You know, my dad fought for this country. Why isn't there an American flag in this in this in this room?" But, there's, but you're allowed to hang rainbow flags. So she brought it up to the principal. The principal brought it up to whoever he had to bring it up to. And nothing was resolved. You want to know why, Tim? Because everyone in the school districts are afraid to get canceled. If they go, you know, if they go against the LGBTQ community, then or, they're afraid to get canceled. Or it could be that they're just compassionate toward that community. So if they're, so they're, they're, a, they're compassionate, that teacher's compassionate to that community, okay, but she's not compassionate to America. You do realize that you can do one thing and it doesn't mean that you don't do the other thing, right? 
Right, but when she like, was, I don't have an American flag in here. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. There is one in here. But I was going to say, gonna if there's WBSM with no American flag, what the heck? There used to be one hanging on the wall behind me, but now there's there's one tucked into the plant over here. But if there wasn't a flag, yeah, yeah, would that mean that we were any less American? No, but I mean, if you're if I mean, if you're going to be able to fly, uh, you know, rainbow flags all around the, the studio and not show an American flag, I mean, that's that's kind of it's it's biased, is it not? Nope, it's not. It, it's not a bias at all. How is it a bias? It's a bias if you said, hey, I would like to hang up an American flag in your classroom, and the teacher said, no, that'd be a different story. That would be a bias. But just not hanging an American flag. There's students in that school that are probably have na- uh, probably come from uh, all different kinds of ethnic backgrounds. They don't have all of their nation's flags hanging up. Right, but they're, they're, they're in America. We're in, you're in this country. That doesn't matter. And there should, they should, right, but they should be able to show some sort of pride to America. If you walk in on Cinco de Mayo and a teacher hangs the American, uh, the Mexican flag or the Irish flag on St. Patrick's Day, do you get offended that they don't have an American flag as well? No, if they're celebrating the day. Right. So maybe the maybe that pride flag was there to celebrate Pride Month. The, the pride flag was there all year long. No, well, maybe the person wanted to, <laughs> to exemplify pride all year long. You know, yeah, one, just, do, agree, agree to disagree. To just, I, I just, I don't like the either or mentality. That just because you fly one flag, it means that you're not against another. That, that you are yeah. against another. Um, one thing too, before I let you run, uh, uh, do you agree that, or do you, do you agree or disagree that the, the parents shouldn't have gotten any? Or they, they never sent an email out to the parents, letting, them, letting us know what what these kids are going to be participating in. But yet they'll, but yet they send the parents. Emails about uh, whether or not your kid missed school that day, or if they're playing hooky, or how about I just got an email this morning saying that Bristol Aggie participated in a uh, a safety um, evacuation drill yesterday. They can send out all that information, but when it comes to a certain group or a certain club that's that's holding a a, a, a school wide protest, silent days protest, the parents aren't allowed to to to, to get any sort of knowledge on that you know you know what here's here's my take on that tim if the parents and bristol aggie is a rural school okay it's agricultural based it's you know a lot of quote unquote you know probably i'd say the majority of that school that school the parents are mostly right-wing people i mean if you think about it you know and uh judging by what my daughter says about half the kids in that school i mean they're all you know "Quote unquote rednecks," you know. I don't want to be, you know, stereotypical. I also, but, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to dismiss your daughter's opinions, but I also caution anybody that makes their opinion on on an entire school based on what one person tells them, because they probably don't know everybody in school. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I, I'm saying, yeah, no, I know, I know, I, I get it. Um, but what what I'm saying is, is that I have a feeling if the if the school did send that email out saying to the parents, "Hey, listen, you know." Uh, just letting you know your your child is allowed to participate in this uh, silent protest. A lot of parents probably would have a, uh, would have an issue with it. Well, I'll give you my That's answer. All... I'll give you my okay. answer to that with a caveat. So okay. y- yes, I think that they should alert parents if the students were taking part in it, and I think that maybe um, that that would have happened. I don't know that it wouldn't have. Maybe as they collect the names of the students on those Google forms when they have that list together, maybe they would contact those parents. Uh, and tell them, hey, your child has said that they're going to participate in this day. Just so you know, this is, you know, these these are the 
qualifications that we have for people that are taking part in this day. If they if they're asked a you know a, a question for a test, they have to answer. If they're asked a question about safety, you know they have to answer. So you know just make them aware that there are some rules to participating in this. So maybe that was the plan rather than sending a blanket email to all the parents and have the parents whose kids aren't participating in it. Uh, you know, have to have that communication. I don't know. That's that's just a guess of something that might be happening. But I do agree. Yes, you should alert the students, the parents, that they are taking part, just so that the parents make sure that the kids understand what the responsibility is of that. Yeah. Now, if there, if I don't now, I'm I'm on the email list. Obviously, I get emails from the school. But if I don't get a list, if I don't get a, a email from the school before April 28th, I'm personally going to follow up with the principal. Of the school, and I'm going to ask him why, why why we as parents weren't notified about this protest. Well, what if that but, happened? But you wouldn't be notified if they were only notifying the parents of kids who are taking part. I'm well, going to assume yeah, your daughter's like said, not I'm taking gonna, part. No, she's not taking part. But what I'm going to what I am going to I'm going I'm to follow up. I'm going to ask him. You know, I'm going to ask him some questions. Cause I, I don't think you have to wait that long, John. I think you could ask them now what their plan is. Yeah, I probably could. I'll get back to you. Give you another story to talk about. All right. Well, thank you All so right. much. Have a good day. All right, you too. See you. And uh, let's see. I'm going to take one more call here, and then i got to take a break because I've uh, got a couple left in the hour. But let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, uh, that gentleman who just called, he was 100% right. Um, that teacher uh, about the rainbow flag, that teacher should have said, all right, I will fly an American flag. You're right. You know, if, 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 if she's flying just the uh, – if his uh, daughter asked, the teacher should have been more compassionate and said, you, you are correct, I will fly the American flag because, you know, we're all Americans. I mean, pardon my ignorance on this, too. I thought that um, they did have an American flag in every classroom. They did when I was in school. Uh, I thought so, too, but it seems to me um, it's offending everybody. And um, uh, for whatever known reason... It's offending a lot of kids. Well, and, I mean, uh, I, I don't know that I would go as far as to say that it's offending them. Maybe it's a matter of, you know, classes that aren't a homeroom where they would have the Pledge of Allegiance. Maybe the homeroom classes don't have a flag. Well, it is offending because it's, um, it, uh, it came up a few years ago. Why, um, like in California, they don't, fly, they don't put up the American flag because it's uh, um, offending the migrants there. Uh, they, you know, that come that are in the classrooms. Um, so it's, uh, uh, and that's like, that, that is wrong. I mean, they should say we're flying the American flag. This is America. And, and that's it. Instead of like, all right, we'll take it down, but they'll flag, they'll fly anything else. It just, it just, um, it's just, again, um, you know, I, I think it's just uh, grooming and indoctrinating. And it's like, why can't you grooming and indoctrinating uh, for what? For whatever for whatever reason you hear it you see it in a in, in, in no you just news, re- you hear you're, it yeah you're news. repeating what you've heard but what, grooming and indoctrinating for what what are they trying to mold these kids into hate America so the teachers are trying uh, to wait, teach kids to uh, hate America it seems to me they are and it seems to me that yes yes. They are whatever way. So for thirty-eight thousand dollars a year, they 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 want to push an anti-America agenda on your kids. They don't want to push it, but they kind of don't want to. They don't want to push it, but they don't well, want to. Literally, really grooming and indoctrination—the very definition of that—would require them to be pushing it. Um, 
well, not in so much like, you know, like you do 100%, 80%, maybe, you know, they're not, they're not really doing it as... So just a percentage of do- uh, indoctrination and grooming, I see. So, you know, you're only like 10% grooming them for something. Well, they're, they're grooming, they're grooming for something. It's just they're not really uh, throwing it out there. Are they you, are, are in, you sure you're not just repeating buzzwords that you've heard on TV? Uh, no, no, it's not. It, 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 no, it, it, it's like that because I have, I have, um, you know, my girlfriend's, uh, uh, my, my, my girlfriend's uh, son is in uh, middle school, and he, he says, he, he says, it's just like, he just, he doesn't pay attention. He, he, he doesn't really go along with it. He says, it's a little bit much, he says. It's a little bit much with the rainbow flags everywhere. They're just like trying to, uh, he just says it's a little bit much. It's too much. All right, well, I'm just taking that from a 14 year old uh, perspective. All right. That's what I'm taking. I, I didn't, I, you know, I, well, you know, and he's not the only one. I'm going to hold so. you there just because I got to take the break. But thank you for the call. Thank you. Have a good day. And uh, I do have to take a break. Callers, hang on. We'll get to you when we come back from it. But I, I have to take it or else we will be running late. Jump right back into the phones and I will read your app chats and your emails. Uh, we just might run out of time this hour to get to all of it. But we'll certainly continue this on in the next hour. And then Mayor John Mitchell joins us for midweek with the mayor in the 11 o'clock hour. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. How are you? Oh, just hanging in. I um I loved it yesterday. The weather was beautiful, huh? Yeah. So, did you enjoy it? No, I went home and took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, though. <laughs> anyways, so you got to get what you need, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, I'm I'm just, um, this world is, I don't know what this world's coming to, really. It's just too much. I mean, everybody's bitching about this and that. It's sickening. Um, you know, the parents, to me, they get too, too involved. They ruined the whole thing anyways. Years ago, like when I was little, it was beautiful. We pledge allegiance to the flag. We sang the American songs. You know, I heard they still pledge to the flag, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that that's perfectly fine to do every day, and that's that's why I suggested maybe that classroom didn't have an American flag because maybe it wasn't a home room. That maybe they just put them in home rooms, like yeah, where, where they would the do the pledge. Is, yeah, but the thing is, uh, you know, the parents get too involved in everything now. I think I don't know. Everything is just crazy. Years ago, we went to school, and the teacher was, you know, you had to respect the teacher. The teacher was the boss. Now look at it. Right. And and you elect school committee members to help form, you know, to help shape how the school department runs. You hire a superintendent to oversee it all. You hire the teachers who are trained and educators that know how to teach kids. You have the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education who keeps a watch on all of this stuff. There's a lot of professionals who know what they're doing who are now having to battle parents that just show up and say, well, I want it like this. Well, then take your kid out of school and homeschool them then. Yeah, really. Well, you know what? Let them do their job. Right. Or else you do it, right? It was good enough when you were in school, right? It was good enough. The job they did was good enough then. Why Why do you and think I it's not loved, good enough now? You know what? I loved every single teacher I had. I remember all their names and everything, and I loved them. I loved them dearly. I, you know what? So, you know, I, I had some tough teachers, but I, I only had one teacher in my entire life that I, I disliked, and that was a, a professor at UMass Dartmouth. Everybody else, I... Oh, you know, looking back with even if they were tough on me or whatever, like looking back on them, I, uh, like you, I love them all. Yeah, 
that's that's the way it should be. But this world is all messed up. Okay, honey, have a good day. You as well. And Thank I, you. I think Shawnee speaks to a bigger problem where, and this is a societal problem where everybody just thinks that they know better. Everybody thinks that the way that they see it is the right way and the way that it should be done and nobody else's thought or opinion is valid. And yeah, some people want to blame social media for that, and I think that's fair. I think it's fair to put some of the responsibility on that and some of the blame on that, that uh, we made everybody feel like your voice was, well, I mean, your voice is always important, obviously, but we allowed you to craft it in a way that you could say what you wanted to say and then block out any, any dissenting views. You don't like what somebody has to say, you block them. And you don't have to see that ever again. So we've isolated ourselves into these worlds of echo chambers of agreement. And the more that you have that echo chamber of agreement, the more sense of righteousness that you feel. Rather than saying, oh, I never thought of it that way. Instead, in, in, in when misinformation works its way in and that becomes accepted fact... It just makes matters worse. Anyway, you got to take the final break of the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. All right, that's going to do it for this hour. When we come back on the other side, we can talk more with you, 508-996-0500. I will also catch up with emails and app chat messages. You can send those messages by going to the WBSM app and hitting the app chat feature, and that'll allow you to text us right here in the studio. It's one of the many great features on the WBSM app, which also includes the open line voicemail feature where you can leave us a voicemail that we can play on the show. It's all brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. So whether you... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.